You're tuned into Some Context Please, a podcast from the team at Foundry Creative School. Our hope is to draw some contextual lines between what our students are learning and what's really happening out there in the world of the professionals. This podcast is for anyone interested in having a career in the creative industries. You don't need to be a current Foundry student at all. So welcome, my name is Adam Grieve and I'm your host this season where we're exploring interior design. I'm lucky to have two creative professionals along for the ride, Matt Leach from Australian Design Radio and Nikki Davey, an Australian interior designer with a background in styling and decoration. We're now approaching the end of the season and we've covered a lot of ground, digging into all sorts of things like understanding briefs, the difference between designers and stylists, stakeholders and the design process as it relates to the interiors industry. While the students are currently looking at model making, they've also looked at minimalism and why people are starting to think smaller. In balance, this episode actually focuses a little more on the future and emerging technologies within the industry. Nikki Davey is perfect to talk about this as she's accumulated plenty of experience after starting in styling, moving to residential, then commercial, and now finding herself working across all areas with a high-profile architectural firm. She's trodden a path many design students could potentially follow from study to industry, but also one which has exposed her to a broader range of applications than most. The conversation between Matt and Nikki centers around emerging tech and how it affects interior designers and how it is already affecting Nikki and her practice. It's a good one as we approach the end of the season, a professional perspective on what the future looks like. I hope it enables you to see the possibilities that exist in this area, helping you to decide whether a career in this industry might be for you. So over to Matt and Nikki. Hi, Nikki. How are you? Hi, Matt. I'm well, thank you. So I've got a bit of a weird one for you today. This module is all about integrating tech, but it's more than that. It's really about kind of future-proofing yourself for what's coming. And I guess looking at the changing role of the interior designer with emerging tech and with kind of changes in in what's expected, I guess, by society. Yeah. Like with your wealth of experience in interiors, is this emerging tech being asked to be put in by clients at the moment or is it something that we're kind of looking at in the future? I think that it's something we're looking at in the future as well as, I mean, there is an expectation from clients that there is, a level of technology that's integrated into the home and that's always kind of you know updating as technology updates but then there's a whole nother realm of home technology that is really still expensive and been explored and sort of still regarded as kind of futuristic I guess by the mainstream at this moment that's um, probably maybe been incorporated into like high-end office environments and that kind of thing but not so much into just regular homes is that a typical thing that happens where maybe it's almost tested i guess in the commercial sense and then if it works it's brought into the home yeah i think so and i think um technology you know as it's emerging it can be really expensive so it can be quite exclusive from that perspective and then um, when it becomes more economically feasible to the mainstream, um, we, that's when we kind of start seeing it everywhere. So, yeah, w- whilst things are super expensive, which is normally when technology is still being explored and developed, it has to be expensive at that stage because there's still so much research um, going into it. It's not really obtainable to the mainstream. But then, you know, over time, 
it, it comes down in price and it becomes more economically viable and then suddenly it's everywhere. Can you give me some examples of the sort of technology that is becoming integrated into residential now? One thing that um, is a good example, actually, because I feel like it's right on the brink of becoming economically viable is um, solar batteries. So um, at the moment, you know, there's a lot of interest in uh, sustainability and a lot of people uh, in Australia specifically have solar panels now because the government have a great rebate scheme, so it's, which has made it really cost effective for a lot of people to do it. And solar batteries, are there's lots of different options on the market. Um, there's still, a lot of them are still being tested um, and the technology in that area is changing and updating really rapidly. Um, so currently with solar batteries, the storage capacity of the batteries is still quite limited compared to what you pay for the batteries. So generally speaking, if you buy a solar battery, um, you're paying a lot more to store that power than what you're paying to just purchase the power directly from the grid. Oh, right. Yeah, so that's why we see a lot of solar panels, but we're not seeing a lot of solar batteries. So we sort of see solar batteries, you know, on homes where the owners really care about sustainability and they care about sustainability more than the cost. But I feel like solar batteries are in a place right now where eventually they're going to come down in price and become more cost effective and the technology is going to become more sort of widespread. So, yeah, I guess that's one that's one thing. I think when solar batteries become economically viable, then, then we'll see them everywhere, but they're not. Currently, so they're not everywhere. <laughs> it's risky, isn't it? Yeah. As an interior designer, you, you want to support these things, but maybe it's a bit too early to support it? Yeah, of course, because often, you know, we're designing interiors, hopefully for a really long period before they're updated. So, you know, you might be designing a home with an interior that you're hoping is going to last that family out for 50 years, but technology is going to keep going and emerge so much in that span time span so you just have to be yeah conscious of what what you think's coming up what might need to be integrated in the future what's been integrated now that's actually going to be outdated in the future that's unknown so it's a difficult difficult thing to do it does seem difficult doesn't it yeah if we just think about voice activation an area that really seems to be taking off with voice controlled lights and thermostats and speakers and vacuum cleaners and tvs yeah i yeah. even saw that you can lock your doors with voice activation now yeah. I mean, I read a report recently that by 2023, voice activation in the home will grow by 1,000%. Yes. And it's already reporting a market of over $30 billion. Yeah. It just feels like something we couldn't have predicted. No. I mean, Apple Siri was only released at the end of 2011. Yeah. And even things like, um, you know, maybe 10 years ago, people were having speakers wired into their ceilings, music speakers. And that's something, you know, you very rarely would you wire speakers into a ceiling now because there's such amazing systems like Sonos that are completely wireless um, that have a really high sound quality and that owners can just go and purchase from JB Hi-Fi and install themselves without any tradespeople. I'm a case in point. I, I have a Sonos system and the house that we bought uh, has wires everywhere that we're slowly getting rid of. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't, you know, that wasn't long ago that um, in a high-end home that was, you know, clients really wanting that and it was seen as kind of a, you know, a high-end alternative to speakers that you just plugged into the wall. You wouldn't really do that anymore. 
it's all good until the internet goes down though yes this is true <laughs> yes we're very dependent on the internet is is that a problem and, and is it the interior designer's job to kind of look at those risks i guess it depends on the project so in a residential environment like you know if the internet goes down it's probably a bit of a hassle for the family but potentially not the end of the world but there's you know work environment where if the internet goes down you know that's how it's connected and working and that's how everyone's work is backed up so it can you know it can cause a lot of disruption in office environments and it can cost companies a lot of money to have you know staff that are idle and can't work because they don't have access to the internet so yes it really makes you think about having a backup plan doesn't it yes definitely. email is down systems you can't access the cloud yeah. potentially even the telephone will be out yeah yeah i actually got shown a report from the state government that attributed at least fifty thousand dollars yeah that is lost per year per business just because of slow and unreliable internet yeah it seems like such a new factor to incorporate in the working world I mean, what do we do before the internet? And it's the same thing with power. Like in an office environment, if the power goes and everyone's computers are cut off and people lose work, that can be a huge problem for a business. At home, if the power goes, it's a real hassle and it's a pain, but, you know, often it's not the end of the world. We get through until the power comes back on. So, yeah, I guess in an office environment, the risks are higher. So you do have to have backup options that you don't, always have to implement in a residential setting you mentioned before that you know occasionally we put something in place only to find that it's superseded quite soon is yeah. that coming from experience have you got any examples are uh, one of the first residential projects i ever worked on i just remember the client really wanted this i won't mention the brand but they really wanted this coffee machine um, that was integrated into their kitchen cabinetry so it was kind of like integrated into the wall and it kind of was above or below their oven and I remember when they were putting it in I did flag with them that I thought that this was one of those kind of gimmicky things that they might get over and it would you know be dated and part of their cabinetry and I think back to it and even just the way that people drink coffee at home now and people's expectations of the quality of the coffee that you drink at home have changed so much. Like this one, you know, I did like this frothy kind of milk that no one would drink now. People would sort of think it was like an <laughs> 80s or 90s style cappuccino compared to the machines that you can buy now, which, you know, do beautifully steamed milk and it's almost like a professional cappuccino or latte. So, yeah, I guess just, yeah, that was one, that was one of the first things where I, even when I was putting it in, I was a bit reluctant. It was the client that wanted it because I was thinking, oh, this is just going to date so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> One of the areas that I've noticed really coming forward is, is the smart lighting. Yeah. Is this going to change? Because now, you know, there's so much more than just a dimmer. Yeah. Is yeah. that going to change how interior designers need to look at space? Yeah. I think that's great. I think technology that makes day-to-day -day living easier is amazing. But I think what's happening is it's all becoming kind of it's all becoming wireless and they're actually designing it so that it can be seamlessly integrated into households without it having to be wired in and planned out to perfection by the interior designer to start with. So, I mean, I guess it's great for designers to think about it and also to make sure your clients are aware of what the current available technology is because a lot of the time they're not. In terms of kind of future-proofing, 
technology is emerging and we can try so hard to future proof and plan for it but the way that it's been designed is great because it's been designed in a way that people can go and buy it off the shelf and then they can bring it into their home and it integrates itself using the internet it doesn't have to be integrated by designer using trades people when the house is built or renovated yeah technology is becoming much easier to integrate into houses as well there's less wiring going on to to facilitate technology because once upon a time you know before we had everything could be wireless and you know either via the internet or bluetooth everything you needed wires and we definitely need less and less wires now like in my living room and when we moved in there was no connection point for a television and i was like oh no we can't put the tv in that room we're gonna have to get an electrician in but then of course we have a smart tv so we don't actually need any wiring so i've got a tv that's sitting on the wall connected to a gpo but there's no there's no wiring it's just it just all works off you know it's wireless which is amazing so does this mean that the rooms like in a residential place can can be a lot more changeable yeah yeah definitely i think well obviously we still need like you know plumbing and some electricals but yeah maybe we're moving towards a space where we won't even need any electrical wiring one day no wiring that would be nice i'm excited by wireless charging the amount of cable tangles power boards and extension cables i have around the place yeah it really seems like technology is going to change the way interior designers work. Yeah, potentially. Like research, yeah. I know I'm talking a lot about research today, from uh, Statista, yeah. predicts that by 2020, more than 45 million smart home devices will be installed in US homes. Yeah. That has to make an impact on how we design. I mean, it's not just the technology that we're integrating into our projects that's going to change our role, I guess. It's also how technology is going to, to to work to assist interior designers in their work. Yes, everything from programs becoming more intuitive, powered yeah. by AI and 3D printing, virtual reality, etc. Yeah, I think it's, it's our technology will make design easier for interior designers for sure. It's already been doing that for the last sort of 20 years. Yeah, I think the way that we look at homes will just keep changing and evolving as well. And I think technology will make will make living living and working easier so hopefully it should make our role our role better what well, it'll hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can offer people better better spaces that are easier to live in and easier to work in um because we've got better technology on our side do you see it as interior designers roles to suggest appliances yeah something they should get involved in heavily or more on a lighter advisory basis yeah very involved like often we're specifying the appliances to clients clients and you know often clients have no idea what they want and we're specifying the appliance like we're recommending exactly what they have sometimes they come in and they want a specific brand or know that they want a six cooker versus a four cooker but yeah we're definitely very involved in that process you sort of mentioned that sometimes they don't know what they want or what what is available do you think that will change as the generations get more tech savvy yes definitely in my personal experience as an interior designer, a lot of my clients have been baby boomers or they're sort of, you know, just following the baby boomers. They seem to be the people at the moment that have the money to spend on interior designers for private residences um, and also they're sort of, you know, running the major businesses at the moment. I think that 
the two generations that are following the baby boomers are a lot, you know, have been brought up to be really reliant on technology and are definitely a lot more tech savvy. So when they come along and they're the major client, yeah, I think I think they're going to be a lot more demanding of the technology that they want integrated into the spaces that they're working and living in and a lot more knowledgeable as well. Like at the moment, I feel like, you know, interior designers, they consult on technology a lot and they still will continue to do that. But I think that, yeah, like millennials are just going to have such a good grasp already of what's available and what's coming up or what they want integrated into spaces. Like they'll really be able to push the technology agenda rather than the designers being the ones that are pushing it. How do you, I mean, it seems like there's so much already to keep your eyes on in, in the sense of like, well, work health and safety changes or new materials or finishes this feels like a whole other kind of thing that you need to keep an eye on as well. Is it is it going to be a specialised type of interior designer? Yeah, potentially. Like even now when I've done workspaces, the spaces that I've worked on, we have had people that have consulted on the technology that should be included in meeting rooms and that kind of thing. So it's almost like audio-visual consultants that will sort of advise in that area because, yeah, I mean, it's hard for an interior designer to be an expert specifically on technology because there's so many other areas they have to be on top of. I mean, I think a lot of the time the expertise, it kind of filters down from the retails or the manufacturers of the people selling of where the technology has been sold from. And so we, yeah, we lean on suppliers a lot for that kind of information. So if there's a new product that's available um, and it's sort of something sort of technology being integrated into the home, like we would rely on the supplier to be really consulting us and giving us a lot of information about the product that we can sort of then pass on to clients. And unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this episode. Next time, we're joining Matt and Andrew Jones, who look at what to expect from industry, how to find work, and why coming second in an interview doesn't mean that you won't eventually win the job. If you're enjoying hearing from Matt, please reach out and say thank you. He would love to hear what you think. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. Some Context Please is produced by Foundry and executive produced by me, Adam Grieve. If you want to get in touch with the show, DM us on Instagram at MyFoundryLife. Also, Matt Leach can be found on Twitter at Leachworth or through the Australian Design Radio podcast. Foundry is an Australian creative school designed to bridge the gap between education and industry. We work with top creative leaders from all creative disciplines to design courses that help you find your passion and turn it into your career. To find out more about Foundry's current courses and upcoming intakes, visit foundry.com.au.